Welcome to the Catalyst Life Coaching Podcast with John Kim and Noelle Cordeaux. If you're inspired to begin your own life coaching practice or just want to learn a little bit more about what it's all about, visit journey.co. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O for more information. Your adventure awaits. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about finding courage even when you're overwhelmed by the state of the world. Noelle, do you feel overwhelmed by the state of the world? I do. Do you, John? I do sometimes. Um, I, I fall into it when I'm watching the news and, and you know really taking in what's going on. And then other times I, um, I fall into my own world and it doesn't affect me. Yeah, and I think that's normal. I think what you described is kind of a natural state for everybody. But in recent years, um, there's been kind of a collective increase in stress, anxiety, as our financial systems have gotten a little bit shakier, uh, especially the environment is a huge driving force for um, anxiety worldwide, Um, mass migration, stuff like that, big storms, temperatures rising, climate change, climate change, like it it goes on and got people are just freaked out. Yeah, you know, what really um, gets me are the shootings. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's the kind of thing that, you know, impacts everyone. So how do we deal with this overwhelm? Well, I think step one is acknowledging that it's real and acknowledging that folks are getting traumatized out there, whether it's direct traumatization or vicarious traumatization, whether it's distress, whether it's burnout, and that it has real consequences and real impacts. And we can come together as a local community, as a cultural community, as a global community and support each other. Yeah, I really think that, um, you know, whatever, whatever you feed grows. And if you're just feeding yourself uh, everything that's going to, you know, inject fear into you and not make you not want to go outside, that can definitely become overwhelming. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, and and then you know, we've heard that a lot. Just turn off the news. Just turn off the news. But right. to your point about shootings, you know, what if you're sending a kid to school and you're debating, do I get my kid the flowered backpack or the bulletproof one? Yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. It's, uh, I mean, it's a real thing and no one can deny that. And I think it's the balance between um, being informed or allowing yourself to uh, – to sink in it. Yes, very much so. So let's talk about some real factors and some warning signs. So we know that the feelings that I described, distress, burnout, vicarious traumatization, direct traumatization, that has outcomes. And it tends to be a little bit more impactful for people who have very high levels of compassion high levels of empathy, high levels of caring, and especially for those like our coaches who are in positions of being helpers in society. So coaches, therapists, teachers, counselors, social workers, first responders are all impacted at much higher levels across the board. And then there are warning signs that this might be going on for you under the surface. So there's this feeling of what's wrong with me why can't I just snap out of it? 
And what someone might be experiencing is increased frustration, increased impatience, feelings of anger, or kind of apathy, boredom, like what's the point anyway, low motivation, tiredness, feeling just generally really run down, and you've stopped enjoying things in life. Yeah, it's the over, um, it's like the overwhelming feeling of just hopelessness. What's the point, you know? What's the point? What's the point? And, you know, I guess the point is that we don't know what the future holds for us. We are at a pivotal point in the history of our civilization. And there is a really good chance that we can turn it all around. And there are really awesome, brave, smart people on every single front working really hard. And if you look around, there is a lot of goodness and beauty in life. And so there is so much hope. You just have to choose to turn to it. Yeah. And if you pull really far back um i've heard this many times that like on paper we actually live in the best time ever as far as you know technology medicine um how long we live uh wellness all of that stuff yeah and so it's it goes back to one of barbara frederickson's theories on resiliency which i love and it's you know this concept that oh you know isn't positive psychology and positive thinking just for those who are really well off and not concerned mm. about the day in and day out and the answer is no it's for everybody and what actually works is to hold up that which is good and hopeful right alongside of that which is bad and distressing to say, okay, both exist. We're not going to say one matters more than the other. They're equal in weight. And just having that equality of hope makes a huge difference in terms of how your brain experiences and builds resiliency. We also have um, two worlds. You know, we have the, the global world that we live in, but we also have our own world, meaning um, our relationships, our friendships, you know, our place of work, the, our daily routines. And I wonder if you feel overwhelmed uh, because of the, the global world, if you focus more on your inner world, then that can pull you out. You're, you're actually 100% correct. And the research points to the fact that there are four pillars of self-care that can really help out with these feelings of overwhelm. And you were right on the money in terms of, you know, there being a personal world. So what we're looking for is we're looking for folks to lean into their emotional well-being, mm -hmm. their physical well-being, their interpersonal well-being. So that's relationships. And then the fourth pillar is spiritual. So emotional, mm. physical, interpersonal, and spiritual. I love that. I see them as like the, the, the legs of a table. And if you don't have all four, the, the table gets wobbly. Um, I think this is, this is exactly uh, the, uh, well, I don't want to say the answer. But for me, it would be when you start to feel overwhelmed in the global world, you know, go back to the basics, your soil. And I, I love this, the emotional, the spiritual, the interpersonal, and what was the last one? Oh, physical. Physical, physical. So let's drop down even further and talk about, you know, what are some of the ways that you can actually honor these four pillars? Because yeah. there's there's some some real stuff here. So, you know, when we're talking about physical needs, that's a healthy diet, yep. drinking enough water, exercise, getting enough sleep, and um, 
socializing with folks who aren't as concerned as you are about the state of the world mm. okay. to kind of get, a, get away from it, give yourself right, right. a little bit of a break. Also in the physical realm is hobbies, learning new things and being involved in meaningful activities. Yeah, for sure. Also, um, your relationship with your body and that fluctuates. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say, you know, meditation flows in there, getting in touch with your body, understanding its nuances. And then, you know, moving on, um, going into the spiritual realm is cultivating sacred moments. Mm, what do you mean by that? Well, that's really subjective. If yeah. I said that to you, how would you choose to cultivate sacred moments? Man, I would say, um, I think I do that in my writing. Uh, uh, since I write every day, cultivating sacred moments, uh, conversations, I think I do that um, when I'm with myself and I'm thinking about life or someone or the day. Um, I just went to um, a festival in Vegas. It was called the Rise Festival, and it was a, a ritual of releasing lanterns. And I didn't think, much, yeah, I didn't think much of it. I thought I was like, oh, it's kind of like reminds me of when you're in uh, high, uh, junior high and you're like, you, you write a note on a balloon. And I thought it was kind of silly, but I went uh, because my friend invited me and it was magical. And, you know, it's like in that hour, um, because there was intentions involved, um, that was it was a very sacred uh, hour with music and yeah it was really cool that's gorgeous and you know just you know that vision of people coming together to create space and what that does is creates a state of transcendence beyond the self well also it tells me that um, sacred moments don't have to be alone because when you said no. sacred moments i thought about when am i alone when am i by myself but that doesn't have to be the case yeah, I mean, it could be sitting on a beach. It could be watching kids play. Yeah, it could be visiting a family member. You know, checking out a sunset. All of that stuff. Okay, so that falls uh, under spirituality. Yep. And then if we're talking about emotional, um, there's this idea of there's there's this is a one-two punch. So practicing gratitude is obviously really fantastic for our mental environment but the practice of gratitude in creating a mental environment goes along with this concept of creating environmental and emotional greenhouses mm. so a mean? green um it's a metaphor a greenhouse is a place that has the right temperature it has uh, optimal factors for growth. There's soil, there's water, there's sunshine, there's the right temperature. So if we're thinking about, okay, you know, how can we take a lens of gratitude and consider what our emotional greenhouses? So this would be positive friendships, mentor and peer support, having fun, and really dropping down and saying, you know, what is good in my life? What is stable in my life? What is in my greenhouse? So you're big on gratitude. And I feel that um, how do you practice it daily? Do you use a list? Or do you have um, like, like a, a, a sacred moment version of it? I do it more conversationally. Um, you know what I started doing yesterday, which was hilarious? Whoever is late to the meeting, we all sit around and do gratitudes about that person until they show up. Oh, that's nice. 
yeah, it that's was awesome. awesome. I love that. It, it, it's, it was, it's, you know what's, you know what I love about that? It's actually the opposite of talking shit. It's the opposite yeah. of, you know, when someone's late, it's like, why are they late? Oh, they're always late. You know, they're not pulling, whatever it is that we do in groups. Um, and that's usually the place that we go to instead of <laughs> doing this opposite, which I love. Yeah, it was wonderful. And, you know, I'm very verbal with my gratitudes. I take the time to say thank you for very specific things. And that's one of the keys to gratitude is getting specific versus general. So not just like, hey, you know, thanks for being a good husband, but hey, thank you for taking the time to think about me and pack lunches for the week so that when I'm going through my day, I have food. That's awesome of you. Let me ask you this. Was there a time in your life, and I know we're, we're birdwalking a little bit, we'll get back, uh, that there wasn't much gratitude in your life? And if so, what was the difference? Because I've only known you um, in your life where you, you've been very, you practice gratitude, I've seen it, but was there a time that you did not? Yeah. And it's so interesting to think about yourself in context, right? Um, I think I've, I've always been a very generous person. I think that's part of my makeup, but in terms of, um, how I used to see the world, I'm, I am very much a recovered asshole. Um, yeah, there was a time in my life when I was very, very, very um, materialistic and I was very interested in appearances and things and I had my priorities very mixed up as far as what really truly matters in life. So yeah, there, there was a time when I didn't have this kind of anchor in the way that I see the world. And what do you think is the, the greatest difference in yourself from that and now when you're practicing more gratitude in your life? Um, I don't feel, um, I don't feel envy. <laughs> I feel peace. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> peace is pretty powerful. It's the opposite yeah. of, of what we're talking about, hopelessness and dread and what's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, of course, I still feel those things. But, you know, day in and day out, I look around at my life and, and just find beauty in the tiniest yeah. things and just say how gorgeous my existence is. Whereas before I was kind of looking outward and saying, what can I bring in? What do, what more do I still need? Yeah. So this is not um, easy to do. Uh, some people struggle with it more than others. I struggle with it. I have to consciously make an effort to see um, the good in person if they rub me the wrong way. I'm fast to anger. Um, I have to stop and, and smell the roses, as they say. Uh, and this is all stuff that I've, I've only been doing in, I would say, the last five years. Um, most of my life, I've been, you know, the the uh, impatient um, self-centered, materialistic, uh, quote unquote asshole. Uh, so I'm definitely in recovery and, um, yeah, I think this is huge. So under the emotional pillar, um, I don't think people think about things like gratitude and this is actually a big piece of it. I think this is, you know, talking, I think this leads us into the interpersonal piece too, which I think is really vital. So we're getting to a point where, you know, communities definitely disintegrated. People are reforming the way that they see communities. And there's this idea of stalwart self-sufficiency. So, you know, all of those things that you just described that you're in the process of changing. To me, that says, here's a man who believes that 
he can survive without other people. And when we think about ourselves in terms of connection and uh, connectedness and long-term relationships and durable social resources, which are the thing that basically allows us to experience less stress so that we can be effective in life, relationships are smack in the middle of that. Yeah, of course. I mean, it makes complete sense. You know, you could have a bad day just based on conflict or a fight you you had with a loved one, or you could have an amazing day if you have a, a really good social experience with people that, that you care about. Yeah. And, you know, think about it over the long haul. I mean, you and I have been friends and business partners for years and years and years and years. And there had to be kind of this expectation that sometimes it'll be good. Sometimes it'll be bad. Sometimes it'll be boring. Sometimes it'll be fun. And the thing that I think exists between us is is trust. Yeah. And I think that's um, built and earned and uh, it, it takes time you know, consistency. It takes time. It takes time and consistency. So when we're thinking about building this emotional greenhouse, we're also planting seeds for healthy interpersonal relationships, for forgiveness, for connectivity, for, um, you know, shared moments, shared meaning, for, you know, essentially being in it with the long haul and for the long haul with other people in a healthy, respectful way. Yeah. I love it. So, um, guys, listen, if you feel overwhelmed, um, I love this concept of the four pillars. So think about how you are getting your emotional needs met. Um, think about how you are meeting your physical needs, your uh, interpersonal needs, and your spiritual needs. And I say needs because I think, you know, like the four food groups back in the elementary days when you said poster and, and, and they're saying that you, have, you need all these, you know, to have a well, well-balanced meal. I think to have a, a well-balanced life, that these are needs that we should always be fulfilling and we can easily forget. Yes, and they will help you when you feel shitty about the state of the world. Yes, it'll help you focus on your soil instead of, you know, everything out there that can uh, just make you feel hopeless. Be well, guys. Bye.